I recently switched out my winter wardrobe with my summer clothes. Do you do this too? Each time I have the opportunity to take stock of what I have, what I use, what I need to donate, and what gaps I'd like to fill. One of the funnest ways I've loved to fill those gaps is through Armoire, a clothing rental membership that can help you build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your online closet. The styles show up to your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles that help fill those wardrobe gaps without the major investment or commitment. For my first case from Armoire, I chose mostly summer dresses from Bowdoin, a brand I can't typically afford, and the chicest double-breasted black blazer from Paige that has honestly surprised me in its versatility. I have loved having more options in my summer wardrobe without the pressure of keeping them forever, and I've already been building out my online closet with Armoire, so I know what I want for my next case. For you expecting mamas, those working or style obsessed who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi there. Thank you for listening today and for sending me messages or tagging me in your posts. I have really enjoyed hearing from you about the do something that you are working on. Remember, this is a series we recently started about facing fears, whether they're big or small or anything in between. We're just trying to face some things we put off and wanted to do, but haven't gotten to it. So I'm going to share a highlight every podcast for that series, and I want to share that now today because it's a short one. Reader Brinley told me that she's been working on designing her master bedroom recently, which is actually something they put off for five years, so it's no small feat. She's not a designer herself, but she's she just went for it, and she said as a result, it's been a big creative outlet for her and has rejuvenated her in surprising ways. I so loved hearing that, Brinley. Thank you for taking the time to tell me about it. I want to highlight more of you. Please direct message me on Instagram or Facebook, and you can find me on either one of those with the handle about progress. You can email me as well. You'll find that on my contact page, which I list in the show notes. As always, I am so grateful for those of you who have subscribed and left reviews on iTunes. 
I had a great laugh and surprise last night as I read a recent review which happened to be left by my husband. He makes clear that he's biased, but nonetheless, it was sweet and funny. If you don't know Brad, then you'll get a taste of his personality by reading that review. Let's get on to our interview for today, shall we? I talked with Jamie Cook the other night. You might know her from the Instagram account and blog Wander and Scout, and you might see her on a Utah talk show called Studio 5, where she does a monthly segment on exploring the community with children called Out and About. She also shares things about motherhood on the show and her Instagram. Jamie and I met at a cooking class at BYU. She is so dynamic, smart, fun, and beautiful. It's easy to be drawn to her. Jamie is also incredibly kind and loves to collect friendships wherever she goes. She shares more on this as well as the many places she and her family have lived and traveled. Jamie is passionate about learning about other cultures and supporting refugees. She'll share more about that as well and how she tries to cultivate a love of others with her little ones. Finally, Jamie talks about what it was like to put her career in broadcasting on hold while she raised young kids, and how she started to get back into the field a year ago, and what that outlet has done for her and her family. My cheeks were killing me by the end of this interview because I was smiling and laughing so much. You will enjoy Jamie, and I can't wait to hear what you learn from her. On to the interview. Hi, I'm here with Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Monica. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little about yourself. So if you can give us an introduction, that would be great. Okay. Well, first of all, I just have to say it's been a long time since we were in cooking class together yes. at BYU, and I'm really excited to be doing this. So thank you for having me on. Um, so a little about myself. Um, I grew up in Northern California. And um, I went to Brigham Young University, majored in broadcast journalism, met my husband, um, had a bunch of babies, and four, four of them to be exact. And we've raised our family in San Francisco and then Boston for five years. And then two years ago, we moved to Utah. So we're actually in Utah now. Um, So that's that's a little about me. Do you want more or is that good? Oh, I want, I'm going to hear it all. Let's get it all out there. On. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to some more, I think, as we go. That's a great introduction. What you were saying, you you went into broadcast journalism in college. I would like to know a little bit about that some more. Tell us about your broadcasting aspirations. When did that start for you? So, you know, it wasn't ever like my dream to be an, an anchor woman or anything like that. But when I got to BYU, I, I, I met some professors that were in the program and, and they got me really excited about the opportunity to, to get into the program. And, um, and I sort of decided that my dream job would be to host a travel show. And oh, yeah. that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> that hasn't happened. But um, but I got to host a, a, an on-campus show called BYU Weekly. And I just dabbled in some really fun things um, in the program. And I really enjoyed it a lot, actually. So you wanted to be a sort of Rick Steves guy, right? Yes. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. Only maybe a little more exotic. Maybe almost more National Geographic, like maybe oh, cool. we'll say. So BYU Weekly. That didn't happen I though, Monica. You. Clearly. Well, you'll. I I bet you'll get there. That that's in your future. 
<laughs> so you you went into BYU not thinking about that, but that's the path your life took. So once you were finished with BYU, what happened with those aspirations? Where were you planning on taking them and what ended up happening? Yeah, things evolved a little differently than I expected, but um but they, you know, ended up great still. Um so Dan and I met and we got married in my last semester of um, the program, and I had a, um, we, well, well, let's put it this way. Four months later, we were a little surprised to find out that we were expecting our first baby, who's now yeah. 10 years old, our son Bryson. Yeah. Um, so things, so things sh- shook up a little differently than I expected. I always really wanted to be a mom, and mm-hmm. I knew that it would be really hard for me to juggle, um, to pursue a career um, so early on without more of a foundation and have a baby. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Dan actually had just landed a job doing investment banking in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was tricky because you don't build a career in broadcasting in San Francisco. You build a mm-hmm. career like that in Pocatello, Idaho, or a really tiny market. And so I, I made the decision to um, put that on hold for a while and um, be a mom and and hang out with our little our little buddy in San Francisco while Dan was working ninety hour work weeks uh, as an investment banker. Oh um, my goodness! And then yep, and then a few more babies came and a few more moves later and um, and here we are today. So when I think of broadcasting, I think of a field that is very cutthroat and just oh really, really hard, like you were saying, to get into. Um, And I'm thinking about motherhood, too, is also cutthroat (laughs) in a lot of ways, especially (laughs) that Mm -hmm. transition. What was that transition to motherhood like for you? Well, it was certainly different. Um, Definitely very different. I mean, obviously, when I was in my program, I was super busy and... um, you know, you get dressed up and you put your makeup on and you get in front of a camera and you're learning and doing stories and it's it's really pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely a, a shift to transition to into a much slower pace of life with a newborn. But mm-hmm. I would say, I would say overall, like I was super excited to have a baby and, and be a mom. So mm-hmm. there was, there was an adjustment period, but, but it went, I think it went pretty smoothly. That's really great to hear that, especially for someone who likes to always be on the go. Um, and, and I feel like you have a, a go-getter personality. You seem to have um, good aspirations that you like to aspire to, even if it's just in your own personal life. Have you always been someone who likes to have aspirations and goals? You are nice and you flatter me. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess, um, I guess, yes. Um mm-hmm. I just, I, I think we all have different, we obviously, we all have such different talents and abilities. And I look at people who are so good at just sitting on the floor and reading their kid with their kids and um, just relaxing and, and, and enjoying like just being home. And, um, and I think that's so wonderful. And I admire that so much in people. And I, I'm not that way at all. And sometimes I wish I was, but I like to 
be out and I like to try new things and I like to adventure. And um, sometimes it drives Dan crazy because he's like, can you just relax a little bit sometimes? Um, but I do find a lot of fulfillment in that. Well, when I when I look at your feed, I do see someone who loves being a mother. But I'm glad that you talked about the different strengths and weaknesses that we have. And I remember reading your family blog, you know, when we all had those when we were first married, and just seeing yes, all the adventures. I miss those. I know I did too, and I and I miss people commenting on every post <laughs> that you write, <laughs> you know. Um, but. I love seeing the adventures you went on. So you are an adventurer at heart. You love exploring other cultures. Tell us about some of the places you have traveled, both before and after having your family. Yes, this is a fun topic. Um, I I really, really love, just like you say, exploring different cultures, whether that's through travel or through going to like a local Asian market or whatever it may, may be. So when I was a senior in high school, I saved all my babysitting money. And my older brother and I, we backpacked through Thailand, Malaysia, and Laos for a month. Wow. Um, and it was so cool. And it just really ignited something in me. Like I knew I wanted to travel more. And I just was really just like so inspired to to meet people from other um, parts of the world and hear their stories and try their cuisine and all of that. So that was a great experience. And then when I was in college, I taught English in China for mm-hmm. a semester. And that was also just just such a cool experience. It stretched me. It was difficult, but it was just an incredible experience and adventure. Um, I grew to love the the seven-year-olds that I taught, and um, it was just fantastic. Um, then after after Dan and I got married, it was actually funny because he sort of promised me this amazing honeymoon, and we ended up at Bodega Bay in <laughs> staying at, like, one of my yeah. dad's clients' beach houses or something, and, 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 like, got stuck in horrible flooding. And, um, and so Dan always joked, like, because my dream was to go to India, and he always joked that, one day he was going to take me to India and I was yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll believe it when we see it. Uh-huh. Um, and a few years ago, we actually did go to India and that was, I think, one of my favorite places we've ever been. And we went to Italy um, wow. for one of our anniversaries. And then the probably one of, one of the coolest trips we've done was um, a few years ago, I think it was three years ago, we traveled to Zimbabwe. Africa mm-hmm. with our three little kids and got to visit wow. Dan's parents who were doing missionary work there. And so our kids were at the time, our son celebrated his seventh birthday there. And then our daughter was four. And then our other daughter was 22 months. Whoa. And uh, we went on safari and we got to go visit a local orphanage and a, and a school and some of the churches. And it was, we were there for a month and it was truly just, the most rewarding experience. And brave. Wow. That is so brave. How long was that (laughs) flight? Oh, it was like 24 hours or something (gasps) like that. You know, we flew to Amsterdam and then, and then to Zimbabwe. It it was, it was long, but our, our, our baby was a trooper and it's kind of hilarious because our fourth baby is a little less go with the flow, shall we say? Yeah. So we just took last, we went to Disneyland 
And we drove there, but we actually left her with my sister um, here in Utah because we couldn't quite manage a road trip to California (laughs) with her. (laughs) But with our with our other toddler, we could fly to Africa. So it speaks volumes of how every child's different, right? Absolutely. I wanted to know what has traveling the world added to your life? I think... I think just the way that I view, I view people. Um, and I'm trying to teach my kids the same, mm-hmm. that we really are all a global family. And I completely believe that we're all children mm-hmm. of, our, of God. And we're all his children and we all matter. And we may look different and our, our life circumstances may be so different. Um, but we all... Um, have that bond of just being humans having a a human experience. And that's something I really, really want my kids to understand. And you also translate that to your life. Um, Wherever you have lived as a family, you take part in that community's culture and seeking out different cultures, even within the community you live in. And you go on a lot of adventures where you, where you live now. (laughs) I love that you do that. Um, so tell us about some of what you do around wherever you've lived, what what you've been up to. Sure. Um, one really enriching experience uh, that we've had as a family was when we were living in Boston and we made friends with um, two Pakistani families. And every Wednesday, uh, Nahayat would come over and um, she'd bring her little kids and I would teach her and her friend English lessons. Mm. And, um, and that was a really beautiful experience for all of us. Um, she, these two friends were, they, di- they didn't drive. They lived in teeny tiny apartments and they didn't really speak English very well when we first met. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet they lived around the corner from me and they, they wore their headscarves and they were such beautiful women, but they were very isolated in, and they had only been in the United States for two years. And so they would come over and they would bring me the bariani rice that they'd make and their chicken Mm -hmm. and everything was halal. And we would have these great meals and I would teach them English and, Later, Nahayat um, ended up studying so that she could take her citizenship test, and then we would spend afternoons, and I'd quiz her and on some of the questions, which were hard even for me, as it turns mm. out. That's a tough test. Yeah. And passed, and she became a citizen. Oh. And I just feel like we all benefited from it. I think Wednesdays became one of my favorite days because I just, I, I you know, there was just, we were both fed from the experience, I guess you could say. How did you find those friends? Their kids went to school with, with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a large Pakistani population in, our, in, our, in the town that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And after I got home from India, I felt like I just, you know, wanted more. I was just like mm-hmm. craving more in my life. And these women all would um, sort of be together at 
at, at the school at pickup. They would walk there even in Massachusetts winters. They would walk to and from school because most of them didn't drive. And like I say, they'd be in their sort of traditional headscarves, and, but they kind of kept to themselves because most of them didn't speak great English. And, and one day I just, I was like, okay, this is kind of crazy, but I am going to just, I'm going to go march right up to them and ask them if they want me to teach them English. And it was one of those sort of like naked out of body experiences because I kind of marched up to them and I, and I asked and then they started giggling and, uh, (laughs) and I just, Sit there awkwardly, like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. And then they kind of gestured and like made the money sign, like they wanted to know how much money I was going to charge them. And then I said, oh no, 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 it's it's free. And they were so cute, and they just started like giggling, and they said, yes, we want to. And um, and so that's kind of how it started. So that seems to be something that you have carried where you where you've moved. You make friends wherever you go of people from all sorts of cultures. So that was that first experience what inspired you to continue to do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so um we're right now we're working on it. We have our application put in to um, mentor a refugee family mm-hmm. through Catholic Community Services, and we haven't been assigned a family yet, but that's something that we're really looking forward to doing. Um, and my my sister-in-law, she actually mentored a family from Sri Lanka, and she she moved out of state, and so she sort of said, please, you know, take care of my friends. And so we've gotten to do a few dinner exchanges with them, and We've gone to their home for like a, just this incredible Sri Lankan feast and they've come to our house for an American dinner and our girls have played and shared dress ups. And, and yeah, I just think those relationships just bring so much more depth to our lives. And it's just something that, that I just, I love, I love to make those kind of friendships. Yeah. I love what, how you talked about the depth that it creates in your own life. And, you know, seeing what you have done with the refugees, I mean, you taught us about how you can just welcome people at the airport. There's programs for for getting involved in small and big ways. And and how did that first start, though? Even, even that airport thing, was that through your sister that you talked about? Um, so that is through the community charities, mm-hmm. um, community services program. Um, so... So, yeah, my sister-in-law, uh, she was at the airport when this Sri Lankan family landed, mm-hmm. um, when their plane touched down. She was one of the first people there to greet them along with a social worker. And um, hopefully we're going to have the same experience here coming up here soon. So what uh, I want to know, how ha- your involvement with aiding these people transition to a foreign place? How has that influenced you and your family? I just think we kind of walk around living sort of in the Truman Show sometimes Mm -hmm. in sort of these cookie-cutter suburban neighborhoods. Um, And I think it's just really easy to lose context Mm -hmm. of of what life is like for other people. And I see with my own kids, even though they've been to Africa and even though they've seen kids living in an orphanage, it's so easy to forget that we don't all live – the same way and that 
you do not need to have um, the newest gaming system or the newest iPod or whatever the thing of the day is. Mm-hmm. Um, that, And I think developing those relationships um, just helps helps keep everything in context and help, helps us get out of our sort of um, whitewashed world sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I answered your question or not. No, you absolutely did. It seems like it's a real purposeful decision that you've made as a family, that this is going to be a part of our family, reaching out, learning about other people, taking part in their culture. And it's not that you're trying... I don't know. The way I see you doing it, it's not like, oh, you poor people, let me help you. It's more like, let's... Yeah, not at all. Yeah, tell me about that. What is it like then? Um, I think it's just more of a straight-up friendship. You yeah. know, it's not... Um, I don't... I, like I say, with, with my friendships with Nahaya and Tahera, they bless my life so richly. Hmm. Um, they really... I I just love them, and there was experiences we we drove. Um, I took to Nahayat to the um, Boston Public Garden for in the springtime. Every spring they would do a um, I can't remember what it was like make way for ducklings because there's those bronze duckling statues Lovely. in the garden, and it's this tradition. And the Four Seasons Hotel has has cookies shaped like swans and there's lemonade and it's something out of a storybook. And I was able to take Nahayat and her little boy Hasnan to, um, to that event. And honestly, like it's one of my, it was one of my favorite events anyway, but that year that I took her was most memorable because it was her first time ever being in downtown Boston, even though she lived 12 minutes outside of the city. And, just watching her see the gardens of tulips and, you know, trying the food and all, all of that was just like really just the coolest experience for me and seeing her little five-year-old so excited about it and seeing my little girl playing with Hosman and, and having that friendship was just, just the best. I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm just rambling, but it's the best. No, you're totally not rambling. I mean, that's what I think people need to hear is that this is, it's not a one-way relationship. This is a reciprocal not at friendship all. relationship. And, and just how much more, like you said, that depth, you know, that it's added to your life and your mm-hmm. family's life. You can't, you can't replace that. For sure. I want to talk more about the local things, too, that you, um, the local adventures that you've gone on as a family, as well as the, oh, sure. the cultural things you've taken apart there. So what are some of the favorite things you've done as a family locally? Um, since we moved to Utah? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Um, gosh, which are my favorites? I love going to the Mona Lavender Fields mm-hmm. um, down in sort of south of Provo. There's um, That's a favorite spot. I love... I think probably my very favorite thing is just taking my kids up into the mountains and trying new hikes and exploring, especially in in the springtime with, or rather in the summer with all the wildflowers. Um, that's a favorite. Um, I love, this is the place monument and park. Mm. I love just wandering around and having my kids experience 
you know, life in the 1800s and, um, or I guess the 1800s. Yeah. 1800s. Sounds good to me. Um, both, right? Yeah. I mean, there's been, there's, I mean, we've done a lot of different things. Like those are some of the ones that, that jump out to me as being some of my favorites. I want to know what you hope your kids will take from this family culture you have created of being adventure seekers and outward looking people. So at the end of every year, I give my kids for Christmas a gift that's just from me that's called the cookbook. Our last name is Cook. Mm -hmm. And it's a family yearbook of sorts. And Hmm. and in, in that cookbook is it's filled with photos and text about our adventures that year and our happenings. And um, at the beginning of each new year, I just think, okay, what, what is going to go into our book this year? What's, what experiences are going to fill the pages of, of this book that I'm going to make? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what's going to go in those pages, but with each little adventure, I love, I love knowing that we're, we're writing the story of their lives. And even it's it's to the point now where my little Eliza will say, "Mom, is this going in the cookbook?" And she knows it's something really special of it's going in the cookbook. And um, so I just want to fill our lives with rich memories and and moments. And they don't that doesn't always have to look like some beautiful sunset at the top of a mountain hike, but. Um, those moments definitely stand out as being some of the most magical that we will always remember. And so that's, that's kind of what I want to do. I just want to fill up their little book of life with, with those moments. Wow. That is really motivating to me as a, as a mom to think about that more purposely, not just letting life happen to our family, but building the life (laughs) that we want. So I think that's really great. I want to Thank know about you. your your um, Instagram page and the public profile that yeah. you've set up there. I want to know what inspired you to share your family adventures that you go on. I kind of just had a, a sort of nagging feeling for over a year that I should just start it, that I should mm-hmm. just make it happen. And it was it was one of those things. And I had had other pursuits um at other times in my life that kind of flopped that I think maybe scared me away from trying to pursue something else. And, um, not that by any means this is a big pursuit. It's, it's so teeny tiny, but, but but I think it is um, big. That take, it takes so much time. It takes time. And I think there's always that feeling of like, well, who am I? Like, why, Hmm. what do I have to contribute that hasn't already been out there? And I'm not an expert and, I'm not from Utah, so I shouldn't claim that I'm an expert on Utah. And, and so it's it's interesting. I I think to answer your question, I think ultimately I just kind of felt like it was something I should do. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I think what's interesting is oftentimes in life we start out on one path, and I think we're led sometimes in a different direction than we realize. But mm-hmm. sometimes that different direction is. Um, better for one reason or another or richer or, you know, gives us a different, just a different life experience. And I wonder, I don't know, this isn't about you, but sometimes I wonder with you and your um, blog, if, if you meant to do podcasting or if it just led you to this, then maybe the podcasting is like even, mm-hmm. even better. Right. 
Um, but I, like I yeah, we'll say yes. We'll I say your yes. podcasting is fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I, um, I sort of set out thinking I would just post about just local adventures or things to do, and it's kind of evolved. Um, yeah, so now I post more about I think sort of having an adventurous spirit and while still posting about specific things to do, but, um, but also just thoughts on motherhood and, and things that inspire me and stuff like that. So it's kind of evolved a little bit over the last year and a half. I have loved seeing how your evolution has gone in that too, because at the beginning of starting your feed, you were doing like specific activities people can go to and, and how to get there, all that kind of things. And you still do that now too. But I have loved hearing your voice more and I have loved seeing what you are doing to mold your family in the way that we talked about and and purposefully making a culture that and as a family that you want to be seeking out to others and adventures and progress and you are you have a lot of wisdom to share too. I I want to put you on the spot there, but oh, gosh. you have so much wisdom as a mother. <laughs> well, thank you. well, even as a cook, like ev- everything, you 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 know so much. <laughs> oh. So I'm glad no, you evolved. It we make it right. <laughs> that's that's so true too. And so I know that part of your evolution has been getting back into broadcasting. Can you tell us what that path was like to get back into broadcasting for you? Yeah, I sure will. Thank you for asking. Um, Yeah, so when I kind of hung up the the towel, so to speak, when I had Bryson, um, Mm -hmm. there was part of me that always wanted to revisit um, revisit things, but I really didn't know how that would ever be possible. Um, it's not one of those things that you can just walk away from and then just pick back up. Mm -hmm. And like I say, I didn't have a super strong foundation of a career to even come back to. Mm -hmm. Um, but it had been something I was really passionate about and fairly successful with in my program. Um, but I just sort of left it and didn't think anything would happen with that. But then, we, we, we never had plans to move to Utah. It just sort of happened. Dan's from New Hampshire and I'm from California. Yeah. Um, but he ended up with a job here. And about a year after I was here, I just thought kind of along with that nagging that I had, like, just go ahead and start the Instagram account. I kind of had this um, feeling of, you know what, I should just, maybe I should just try and get back into it. And then, of course, it's like the doubt creeps up, like, Mm -hmm. oh, come on. Yeah, you're not, that's not going to work out, okay? You're a mom of four kids now. You haven't been doing this for 10 years. Um, But I was like, you know what? I have, you know, some great friends that are in the industry here, and I am just going to send an email out. I'm just going to get the courage, and I'm going to send an email out to Brooke Walker, who is the executive producer and host of Studio 5 on KSL. Mm -hmm. And she and I were classmates, and we actually even co-hosted a show together. Yeah, I (laughs) watched it. Talked about Provo. (laughs) I was a fan. It's It's like the best blackmail material ever. It's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. But, um, But so I emailed her, and I just said, you know, what are the odds that I – get back into this in some way. And 
and just shoot straight with me. Like, just, just tell me flat out. And mm. I have to hand it to Brooke because in an industry where certainly women can be very competitive with each other, mm. um, Brooke is anything but that. She wrote me back immediately and said, we would love to have you. As soon as you're ready, we are ready for you. Oh. And, yeah. And, I love that. And then, I know, it just speaks volumes about her and her character also. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, well, Noah, I'm totally scared. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, what do I do? Um, and and so sort of along with that, that's kind of one of the reasons that I, I kind of got the green light or got the incentive to go ahead and start the Wander and Scout account that I had that I had been you know, had been percolating in my mind for the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so she, so Brooke said, you know, why don't you, you kind of need a platform. So work on that. And immediately, I mean, like the next day I started wandering scout cause I had already kind of schemed about that. Mm-hmm. And she had kind of led me to think maybe it would take like a year to get back maybe on TV. And then the next month she emailed me and said, Hey, I saw your wandering scout account and we want you on. Um, mm-hmm this month. And, you know, again, it was one of those moments where I'm like, Oh, but I'm not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Like, can I just have one more time? And I think, um, I just feel like it's a life lesson. Like Mm -hmm. usually you have to jump before you're quite ready. Right. It just, you, you kind of take that leap and let you stretch a little bit and then, um, you grow from stretching. And that's kind of what's happened for me all along this journey. I'm like writing down half of what you just said. There's so much there. There really is so much there because, I mean, A, you could have listened to the voices in your head over and over and over again. It wasn't just like you thought at one time and you went and you did it and you never paid attention to any of the negative voices in your head. Like you had to deal with that over and over. And then, you know, B, too, just it, it speaks about connections and people who are there to reach out and help others and it talks it speaks about accepting mm-hmm. help and what you just said about taking yeah. a leap before you feel ready and allowing yourself to be stretched so can you talk more about mm-hmm. that what has that been like for you the stretching back into this field yeah um well I think the very first segment I did I was like just just you know pretty nervous mm-hmm. and I showed up and it turns out my call time I, I was confused and I showed up 15 minutes late oh, instead of 15 minutes early, which I thought yeah. I was doing. And they, they're like, okay, you're on right now. Like they're hooking me up to the mic. I didn't even have a chance to look over my notes or like a script or anything. Oh. And I'm just in the hot seat and they're like, okay. And you know, three, two, one, go. And right before I went on, one of the producers said, you're fine. You have experience. It's like riding a bike. I'm like, I don't remember how to ride a bike anymore. <laughs> and, um, but you know what? Like it went, it went pretty well. And um, all things considered. And through the past, over the past year, a little over a year that I've been doing the little segments, it's just once a month. It's not a big thing. But um, every few months, Brooke is so great. And she'll, she'll ask me to do something that stretches me. And so um, this summer, I took my kids out. Um, to this fairy forest and we they said she sent a producer and a photographer out into the field with me and and I had my babies with me mm-hmm. and I kind of got to do this little 
I got to report out, out kind of like a little mini travel show. Yes. And you did it. And so it was kind of this, I know, like it was, it was, it's so tiny and it's not a big deal, but to me it was a huge deal because to me, I saw God's hand like, hmm. okay, I put things on the back burner. I waited and I, 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 you know, had my babies and I was there with my husband and we made it through some tough career years for him and business school for him. And it was like this moment where it just came full, full, full circle. And I just felt like God was saying, okay, see, like seasons of life and, um, and just trusted my timing. Mm-hmm. And sure, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't traveling the world with National Geographic, mm-hmm. but honestly, like it was even better for me because mm-hmm. I had my kids with me. I got to have, I had them, you know, I had mm-hmm. them and this little, this experience that for me was just enough to make me feel like, okay, like it all worked out. What has it been like to rediscover this side of you and how has it shifted your life, including your life as a mom? Well, I think, you know, going back to the seasons of life thing, I think more than anything, it's, it's reinforced that for me. It's, Mm -hmm. it's made me realize that, you know, there's certainly times as a mom when you're raising a bunch of babies that are crying and teething and fighting and, and yeah, of course there's so, so many joyful moments in there too, but there can be, it can be hard sometimes. And sometimes it's easy to feel like what even happened to that old version of myself? Yeah. Um, where, where did I go? Cause now I'm in yoga pants, um, <laughs> with a uh, spit up all over me. And, and I think this experience has made me realize like, it won't always be that way. And it's, mm. it's made me realize that I need to treasure the times where it is that way and treasure them being little because that's so fleeting, but also to remember that it will get easier and, and, and harder, but there mm-hmm. there will be, we can have different stages of life where we evolve and change and get to have different experiences. And it's not all written by the time we're, 33 or how Mm. how old I am right now. Uh, I think that one other thing is I, one of the things that propelled me into trying to kind of get back into this is when we moved to Utah, I kind of felt like I had like a little mini midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I had this moment where we had lived in San Francisco and we had lived in Boston and we had traveled a bunch and we had had like these, kind of those cool experiences and then we moved to the suburbs of Salt Lake and bought a stucco house and had a fourth baby and bought a minivan and I was like oh my gosh yeah who am I (laughs) 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 and and so I kind of realized that for me for me my goal was always that I wanted to be a mom with little kids. I wanted to be a mom of little kids. I wanted to have like mm. them wear their little matching dresses and do story time and all that stuff really was 
you know, I wanted to do the broadcasting stuff. I wanted other things, but what I wanted most was that. And I kind of had this realization like, okay, well, I need a, I need a goal beyond this because if this is my goal, if this mm-hmm. is my only goal, I'm already reaching the glass ceiling of mm-hmm. that life aspiration because my kids are already aging out of that. And oh, believe me, my goal was never to have kids that were like, 10 and 12 and 14 Mm, (laughs) like like those like obnoxious tween years (laughs) and so I think I realized like okay I was always a goal setter and I always had sort of like the five and ten year goals and I was reaching the end of my 10-year goals and so I needed to make a new set of 10-year goals and that's that was sort of part of this whole coming back to broadcasting this podcast wouldn't be complete if we didn't talk a bit about perfectionism, since that's a huge part of my mission is to talk about that. And yeah. I mean, you've been a lot of And you fields. did such a good job of that, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, I don't know. I, I hope it's not you. annoying. <laughs> it can be a little. No, not at all. Like too much sometimes. But I mean, it's really important to me yeah. to hear about this for people, like what their growth is like or has been like in this area of perf- of of trying to be perfect and reach a, a too high ideal. So what has that been like for you in your life, that that journey and growth and in, in um facing that we can't be perfect? Yeah, I think um I just wanna mention again that I do think you do a fabulous job with that. Um Thanks, I of of sharing this message. But I I I knew you were going to ask me this question. So mm-hmm. I asked, I was like, I got to ask my mom and Dan what they think. Am I a perfectionist? I don't know. Dan said I am a perfectionist and mm-hmm. my mom said I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> I'm going to go with my mom's answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's interesting. I think that there's certain areas of my life where I definitely have perfectionistic tendencies mm-hmm. and other areas where I don't as much. Um, I think one thing that having four kids has taught me is that I absolutely have to choose what my priorities are Mm. because there's just not very much time anymore. And, um, it used, things have shifted so much in the 10 years that I've been mothering because it used to be with Bryson when we were living in San Francisco. And like I say, Dan was working, incredibly long hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like would sleep at the office or come home at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just me and my little buddy and I had so much time to fill and, um, and now it's completely opposite. It just seems like time is evaporating. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain aspects of my life that I've had to just choose to kind of let go. And um, I, I posted this recently on my account but mm-hmm. w- one area that I've chose to let go a little bit is uh how clean my house is like I, I I really value cleanliness and um I like things tidy and I don't like a lot of clutter but I've sort of decided if I spend a precious two-hour nap time solely cleaning and then my kids walk through the door from school and drop their backpacks down and walk track snow through the house and get out the crackers and leave crumbs everywhere. And all of a sudden all my work is sort of like in vain. 
-hmm. it makes me really, really upset. Mm -hmm. And I realized that instead, um, I obviously still do chores during nap time. I have to fold laundry and make things happen and clean up messes. But I've, I've learned that, you know what, that's, that's one area that I'm willing to let go a little bit of in order to choose other passions that fulfill me more. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's reading a book Mm -hmm. or, um, or I really love watercoloring or, um, listening to a great podcast like yours while folding laundry. Um, yeah, I love that. I think, I think that's one area. I think I've deliberately chosen not to be a perfectionist, mm-hmm. but it's funny because I'm a perfectionist in how I'm choosing not to be a perfectionist because I want to, I want to like declare to everyone, I'm actually a clean person ish. My house doesn't look that clean <laughs> though, but I yeah. swear I'm like a clean person, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I relate to that very much. So you, I don't know, I think it's nice to hear what you said about that, though. I mean, you can pick your battles. What is important enough to you to try to be really good at? And what's as not important in the long run that you can let go of? And you talked about that limited time that that you have. I like how you said, like, time is evaporating. And how you have mm-hmm. to carefully choose your priorities. You have to still be super organized, though, as a mom. Like, you have to be really on top of things. But you also, yourself, personally, you seem to always be that person who is thinking about the next thing you want to be working on. Um, even if it's, like, what what book you want to read or which place you want to go mm. or cuisine you want to try, restaurant, all that. You're thinking ahead. So can you give us, like, a some go-to habits that you have in place or even some routines or habits in your home that help keep you centered and balanced, but also enable you to reach the goals that you have set for yourself and your family. Oh, geez, Monica, you might have me stumped on that one. It's funny because when you're asked certain questions about your own habits, you're like, well, I don't really know what I do. Yeah. I only know yeah. what I do. I don't know what other people do. I don't know what's different, what I do than other people. It's okay um, if it's not different. I think the well, I think the main thing is that I I let my passions guide me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not actually very structured at all about how I do things at all. In fact, I think I used to be like a girl obnoxiously holding a clipboard, like taking notes in classes and like church all the time. I don't know. I was like such yeah. a different person than I am now. Um, and I think... I, I I think um, I've almost erred on the opposite side. Like we are spontaneous, as spontaneous as we can be without within the structure of nap times and school schedules and whatnot. Um, and so I leave windows of chunks of time open and then we kind of just decide what to insert in there depending mm-hmm. on the weather and our moods. Um, but I do, I do... I do always love to have something percolating in my mind that can be a good discussion. Um, So I really do love listening to podcasts. I try and get my chores done or clean up the kitchen at night and listen to those. Or um, like I love Audible. I love, I you know, love um, doing those or reading a good book. And I basically, I just love having something in my mind that, like I can have a conversation with someone that's not about like 
diaper brands, you know, or whatever it is as moms, it's easy to just fall into. We need to hear that. (laughs) I want to hear, I mean, I want to hear from people who are like really structured and I want to hear from people who are really not. And I don't think you're either one of those. Like you said, I think you're, you (laughs) have so much structure and routine already in place with your life that that spontaneity is what balances that out. And that's what brings the joy back to your family. But I think I yeah. hope people take away from what you just said is how you let your passions guide you because you're making that mm-hmm. a priority. And I think that's yeah. what we need to learn from what you just said. So I was well, smiling you. the that whole time you said so that. About myself. No, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Good. That's what we need to hear because what I don't want people to, to get out of these is like, oh man, now I need to be doing this. I have to be using this kind of plan or this system. Like that's yeah. not what I want. <laughs> I want them to hear like yeah. the realistic well, ways to bring joy and balance oh, to your, to your life. You got oh, it. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I, and, and I will add, um, I will add one thing and oh, that this yeah. is, this is new for us, but, um, in 2017, my, my name, Dan's goal was to dock our phones in the kitchen and not bring them upstairs with us. Oh, and yeah. that's been we're of what, like 17 days into the month and mm-hmm. it's completely revolutionized really pretty much everything for us right now because we I'm I started feeling really like I always had a frenzied mind um mm-hmm. like between like all the kids and they're they're like mom 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 you know all the time and and um and then always just having my phone around too much and always having like alerts and texts and checking things and um I just started feeling like my mind was really cluttery all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we've been docking our phones downstairs and we've been coming up to bed at like nine or nine thirty, which for us is just a really big change from what we've been doing. And we've been spending more time just reading and I, I'll bring my planner up to bed now and I'll jot a few goals down and I'll write in my journal or, you know, read my scriptures or we'll watch a show in bed, but we don't have a phone that's just bugging us the whole time. And that's actually been huge in um, being a better mom in the morning. Like mm. I've made breakfast for nine days straight, which I think I made breakfast like nine days the entire last semester of school. So <laughs> um, I just think uh, like we're getting better sleep and we are um, so much more rested and happy and we're connecting more as a couple and the, the trickle-down effect has been really huge for us. So I would definitely add that in, that that's been a, a game-changer for us. I'm so glad you shared that. I would I would be hard-pressed to know of one person who hasn't struggled with, you know, electronics. I feel like everybody, mm-hmm. I mean, if people are saying they've never had a problem with that, they're lying. <laughs> or, I don't know, yeah. maybe they never yeah. started is what, I mean, the good people have probably done yeah. is never got started into it, but... I, I love you for that. That's such a good recommendation for people. Okay. My last question for you is what have you learned about yourself the past 10 years? Well, I think one thing that I for sure learned about myself is how important relationships are to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially on this journey of motherhood, I, it can be very isolating and um, it can be hard and it can be, and it's joyful. And I've, I've realized over the last 10 years 
how important relationships with other women are to me. My, my friendships with women, with other women, like my girlfriends that I've collected from college and from our time in San Francisco and our time in Boston. And then now our time here have enriched my life so much. And I love collecting friends that I learn something from Mm. and whether it's like, Oh, my favorite Greek pita recipe is from my friend Lyndon or my friend Jen taught me, introduced me to the concept that when babies, babies get really fussy between six and nine months, or I mean six and nine weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's why my baby's crying so much. She's going to grow out of this. It's just a phase. And my friend Jen is the one that introduced me to that. And I have, I've collected like these wonderful girlfriends that are from all different parts of the country over the years. And they've, they've all given me a little sliver of their experience and wisdom. And I feel like that helps make my life more full and rich and well-rounded. Hmm. Yeah, you are a collector. You're a collector of people and, like you said, friends, but ideas, cultures, adventures. I love everything that you said tonight. Jamie, this was such such a fun interview. Thank you for taking the time to do that with me tonight. Oh, thank you so much, Monica. I really, I feel completely honored that you even thought to ask me. Didn't you love hearing from Jamie? I really think she is an exceptional woman and mother and broadcaster. Everything she does is really uplifting, but real. And I, I hope you got a lot out of the interview like I did. I'd love to hear what you learned. So direct message me, email me, or tag me with the hashtag about progress podcast to share. I so enjoy hearing from you. I've received a few nominations of people that should be interviewed on the show. Thank you so much for the people who have sent those in, and I'd love to receive more. So you can check out the show notes to find ways to reach out to me and nominate a person who you feel has something to say on the focus for this this podcast, which is progress, not perfection. Thank you for listening, participating, and sharing this podcast with those you love. We're getting more and more listeners every week, and it's just exceeding my wildest expectations, so thank you. I'll have another great interview for you next Wednesday, and until then, take care of yourself. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.